All right, all right, what up? We just finished recording episode 88 with Andy Welch. Uh, Jake and I were so happy to spend an hour with Andy, and hopefully you'll see why. Just such a good dude. And he's been, I mean, Jake calls him one of the OGs. <laughs> he's been part of me Dwelle for a really long time. Me and Andy share a few stories that, you know, go back almost 10, 12 years uh, for races and rides and how we got to know each other. Uh, he's done everything. He's supported my wife, Kristen, at Lodija. He's done Lodija multiple times, Rockwell Relay, East Canyon Road Race. Uh, he is a, a huge part of this team. We're not only thankful for his example, but thankful for Andy showing up. Um, Andy's always the first one to ask what he can do to help with kit pickup. Uh, whenever I <laughs> we're doing kit pickup, Andy's there setting up, and you don't really notice. But, man, he's a giver, uh, a real uh, servant to the team and everybody on it. And uh, hopefully you'll learn a bit from him, his wisdom, and uh, everything he's experienced over the years. So love Andy, grateful for him as a neighbor, as a friend, and obviously a member of this team. So uh, enjoy this podcast. Uh, we've got uh, Kit's order that is closed, and uh, they're, on, they're on their way. Uh, we'll schedule a Kit pickup soon. We also have the 40th anniversary kit that we have designed and will release soon. That is a specialty kit coming up for 2024. It's not going to replace our normal team kits. This is just something fun that we've designed to commemorate 40 years as the oldest cycling team in Utah. Uh, a lot of fun. We have a few that are on order, so uh, we'll do some modeling and show everybody what they look like. Uh, a bit of a throwback to the 1984 team and the kits that they used to wear, some of the first kits that uh, the team ever wore. So that's kind of where we got our inspiration and, and where these kits are coming from. Bit of an 80s vibe. So uh, we're excited to release those. A uh, huge shout out to all of our sponsors. I don't know sometimes if we give them enough credit and love, especially on this program. Uh, Cycling Upgrades with Corby is, is our huge sponsor. Uh, so much that he does for the team through his thoughtfulness, his donations, his discounts, and everything that, that he does, that Corby does to make sure that uh, the team runs smoothly. Uh, grateful for all of our sponsors and thankful for everybody on the jersey who makes it possible for us uh, to be a team. And we're going to have two of those sponsors coming up in an upcoming podcast. So we're going to interview Matt Dalton and Dean Walker, who are both obviously members of the team, but also sponsors. And uh, their their companies are on our jersey. So looking forward to interviewing them. All right. Long introduction. Thanks for hanging on and uh, hopefully enjoy Andy Welch. Thanks. All right, what up? Welcome to Me Dwelly Podcast, episode 88. Is that right? 88? If it's not, it doesn't matter. It, at this point, I should stop numbering them. It's like, uh, it's kind of silly. Jake, how are you? I'm doing good. Can I request to be on episode 100, please? That'd be Ooh. great because I was on episode one and then maybe I can get to on to 100. How about that? You know, I've still got in the can the um, gigantic survey I did about saddle sores. You remember that survey? Yes. Should we save that for number 100? <laughs> Sounds appropriate. That'd be great for episode 100, Saddle Source. Mm. Andy Welch, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Dude, where are you broadcasting from? Is this an office? Yeah, background's kind of weird, isn't it? But uh, no, it's yeah, good. Just, my office, just my office here at work. Not at home? No. Okay. Jake, you're at home? I'm at home today. Yeah, it's Lovely good Friday. interior decorating. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. it is Friday, September 8th. A uh, beautiful day outside. Did either of you ride this morning? Not uh, not this morning. Right after this podcast, I've got a 
15 mile trail run at Wasatch. I got to go face a brother. So, what did they start this morning? Wasatch 100. Wasatch 100 started. Oh this morning. no! Is that uh, is that Eric Storheim you're going to go pace or what? Uh, brother-in-law. Okay. Garrett. Cool. Yeah. Dude, cool. we're going to get into Andy's athletic prowess, but that's the kind of guy he is. Just go do a 15 mile run like it's no big deal. No, not a doesn't even matter. He has no training, running. no nothing. Yeah, he hasn't ran in months. He's just nope. gonna. No, nope. <laughs> got the phone call last night. So, <laughs> oh my God, did you did, did you ride this morning? No, uh, Chip and uh, Janie bailed on me this morning. So, uh, oh, I was what? Up and Adam, I had her taking my caffeine, so I just decided to like sit and inside and hang out with caffeine in my my system. So, what do you mean they bailed? Just last minute, uh, didn't yeah. want to go. Just texted me, you know, ten minutes before leave and said they're, oh they're my out. Gosh. So it's all good. Hey, I get it. I've been there. So. Get it. Bro, you uh, got three towers in yesterday, though. Three towers was great. It was a little bumpy, man. There was all that rain that's happened the last couple of weeks. Like it is yeah. tough. The it road's, is not smooth. The road's brutal. Yeah, that the, the real steep part's gotten weird. Yes, really weird. Yeah. And like, I mean, the sand's kind of gone gone away, but God, there's so many big rocks and just loose gravel. It's crazy. So, but uh, shout out, shout out to Zach Pepe who bought a gravel bike. Let's go. Okay, he's in the he's in the mix. He went and did three towers. I asked him how it went. He said went well. So, yeah. And then tomorrow, uh, Loti Jiao, Lotuja, Lotija, dudes are racing. Wait, it's Lotija tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> oh. it's a big day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, big day. Excited. Uh, we got a really lot of great riders uh, toe in the line there. So good luck to everybody. And uh, how do you guys feel about not participating in Lodija tomorrow? Andy? Uh, yeah, maybe we might even get into this on the podcast a little bit, but uh, I I love Lodija. We've done mm-hmm. it four times now. It's always something that every year I'm like, I'm going to do. And then, you know, life does its thing and I don't ever feel like I'm ready and trained for it. But uh, I still, I still have some desires to do a few more of my things. So I, 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 I miss it when, uh, when it's going on. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're so excited in April to sign up. And then in August, you're like, I don't want to do that. And then right about now you're like, yeah, that might be fun. I, I probably <laughs> should. Be Jake. Yeah. I mean, it's a great race. I mean, I've done it four years as well. And, uh, you know, taking the last couple of years off and I mean, there's times, yeah, I miss it. Stu. like, yeah, I'm excited in April. I should have signed up. And then August comes, you're like, golly, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, but, uh, I'm definitely having a little bit of FOMO. I think just it's fun to see all those guys that have trained all year and excited yeah. to see the results tomorrow. So me too. Very good. Low T Very good. I, I love kind of spreading it out, maybe finding new stuff to do. It's a, uh, you know, kudos to guys that do that for 20 plus years. That is a big commitment to throw down that event. So for sure. Very good. Uh, Andy Welch is our guest today. Andy, we're very grateful to have you on. It's a, uh, episode 88 i was i was just telling him we've kind of lagged a little bit um producing content for the team uh so here we are we're jump starting back in we've got matt dalton coming up jameson rice um who else did i say uh joel zanger and dean walker yes we've got a lot of great teammates uh coming up so andy we're gonna kick that off here with you uh and we've got a lot of great notes ahead of us so we ready let's do it looking forward to it your beautiful wife, uh, she produced a short introduction to you. Uh, I'll read this. Pause at any moment if you'd like. 
Let me introduce Andy Welch. He grew up in Sandy, Utah, one of eight children. How about that? There you go. He is unique in the fact that he is a quadruplet. Do you know? I don't know any other quadruplets, Andy. This is amazing. It's him and three sisters all born at the same time. Very close with all his siblings, and they get together several times a month. Andy, maybe we should pause there. Are we going to dig into that a little bit, Andy? Uh, we can if you want. I um, I laugh at it oftentimes. I remember my <laughs> wife was my wife was telling uh, her grandma when we were first dating, uh, "Hey, I'm dating this quad," and grandma's like, "Oh, that's what? so nice. That's so nice of you. You've always had a big heart." <laughs> And uh, I think she interpreted the fact that quad <laughs> meaning quadriplegic, and so oh it took a few. It, it took until the first uh, first meeting of Grandma when I walked in. She she realized that the, she mis- misinterpreted what uh, what my wife was saying. But, so good, <laughs> dude. It was it was fun growing up. I've got three sisters that are all the same age, uh, and uh, yeah, it was fun. They 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 all did different sports and different things. That there's a lot of a lot of friends and. And uh, high school was interesting with uh, with all that. So a lot of fun with uh, sharing a life of, of of three sisters there for sure. With the way you take such good care of everybody, Andy, I would assume you are the oldest in your family. Are you? Um, I have an older sister and an older brother. Okay. And then I came out first with uh, with the three of these. So I still try to uh, remind the other three sisters who's who's older, nice. uh, even though if it's only you know, 15 <laughs> seconds or stuff. Nice. All right. I want to, we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, I'll continue on with this intro. Here we go. Uh, Andy works for a local land development company, overseeing their horizontal developments and managing projects and people. Over the last couple of years, he's built custom homes on the side and has also done several house renovations. He has an incredible eye for seeing the potential of any project, finds gratification in construction and being able to see your hard work come to reality. I know a lot of, Andy, you've done some work for members of the team as well, right? Yeah, a handful of them. Yeah, very good. Uh, His free time is usually spent on adventures with his family, a thrill seeker, and a bit of an adrenaline junkie. I like that. He has been known to do gainers off a 75-foot cliff, paddleboard with grizzly bears. On the paddleboard, Andy? Is that? No, I'm just kidding. That was was, uh, just, uh, you can keep going. Well, I'll tell you about that experience later. (laughs) Pull off all the tricks on a wakeboard like a 20-year-old would. Race motorcycles, running, mountain biking, road biking. He loves to travel and take the Sprinter van to see all the beautiful places in the world that the world has to offer. And he's like the Energizer Bunny. He goes, goes, and goes. He loves getting to know people and has a genuine talent for recognizing the value that every person has. You typically typically can't take him anywhere without him knowing someone and going out of his way to say hi. He's been known to become best friends. That's in quotations, Jessica. What does that mean? Best friends. <laughs> With most people over one conversation. He spends his time serving others. And when he sees a need, he fills it. He hates wasting time and hates texting. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is true. That if is you true. have a flat tire, call Andy. If you need to build something, call Andy. If you're having a bad day, call Andy. He's the guy that's always going to be there. His models in life, serve others, be happy, and let's go. <laughs> Dude, what a great uh, intro. Anything to add there, Jake? No, it's it's so true. I mean, Jess is such a wonderful person, and uh, there's no better guy than Andy out there. He's been my uh, minister for 
a while in, in the church and uh, just so grateful for him. He's always willing to serve. And if I call him, he's always willing to come up. He's, he's the guy that never says no. He's always That's a true. yes man. And, and, and it's a unique personality about him. And, and uh, he just always wants to help. And it's so true. He wants to serve others first, be happy and let's go. That's, that's, a, that's a complete motto for uh, Mr. Welch. What about first time you've ever met Andy? Do you remember? I remember mine. I will share here in a minute. Oh, first time, dude. You put me on the spot here. Uh, first time I met Andy. I mean, he was my first actually introduction into the ward when we moved here. Um, I remember showing up to the ward. Um, I think it was him. And then I met Chipping right after. But uh, yeah, dude, I mean, I think he was my first interaction on the bike too. He actually got me into the the biking team uh, for Miduele. So um, I don't know. We He was just the first, I think what I remember, his first contact when I moved in and uh, kind of been history from there, meeting in the parking lot down by the ward. So nice. Yeah. Andy, first time I met you, although we didn't actually officially meet, Five Canyons event, you got to remember this. It was raining freaking cats and dogs. Do you remember this? <laughs> Hangar 15. And everybody's up at Hangar 15. You rolled yeah. up and we're all standing there. There was like 10 or 12 of us and everyone was kind of like, what do we do? I had never participated like in any... And you guys rode off to Little Conwood, dude. I just drove home. I just like went to my <laughs> house. And then you started sending all these pictures. Like you guys were out riding it. And I was like in bed. Like I'm not, I'm not riding in the rain. And you and Chip, I think Tech Kilgore, like oh. Jim Moore, you guys were out doing five canyons in the rain. And I think I think you guys ended up finishing. And I was like, no way. And then I asked who you were in the picture. You were one of the guys I didn't know. But uh, I guess we didn't really meet. But that was the first interaction I had with you. Like, dude, what? who were these guys that went and did this just ridiculous uh, i remember i remember riding our bike i was riding up 39th to get to hangar 15 i was just like all right let's go we're just we're really doing this <laughs> there was water in the shoes before we yes. started the ride it was that bad because i drove up to hangar i'm like i'm not driving i'm not riding in this the stupidest idea so anyway, that was a fun day. Well, those are those are kind words of, of my wife and, and of you guys as well. I uh, um, it's it's a lot of fun. I we'll get into some of this, but it, my wife is amazing. She's she's gorgeous and uh, she's the better half of us for sure. So she's been my sidekick on on all of these as far as the model goes of serving others and and uh, the let's go adventure vans. It's <laughs> she's, she's she tags along with me and it makes life even better with her. So. Nice, dude. Well, when I was searching some of the pictures that, uh, like, I'll we'll post this to social media, whatever, dude. I've got pictures that go back eleven years of us riding bikes. I don't know if that's the beginning, but it goes back a long way. Like me, you, Chip, Isaac Kuntz. Oh yeah, me, me, and you at the top of Big Mountain in the snow. Uh, April first, dude. You remember that? I uh, I want to share my screen. I don't know if sometimes the recordings don't pick up my screen, but you two. Look at this. That was like day one at the top of, uh, we rode through like a snow tunnel, Andy. Dude, look Dude. at those Jerry's, man. Jeez. <laughs> Jerry's. Bro, that April was the first, style. Don't, 2016. Don't, don't call it Jerry's, but dude, we were decked out right there. I mean, it was amazing. Stu, do you remember, do you remember the best part of that ride? Do you remember the selfie stick? This was the day one we introduced the selfie stick. A selfie stick, yeah. I put like a GoPro on a selfie stick, dude. Bro, not only that, we were descending down and we get towards the bottom and you and I have the selfie stick out in front of us. We're towards the bottom. 
a guy is coming up the front, uh, coming up on us. We almost ran straight into him because we were so busy looking at ourselves in a selfie stick while descending Big Mountain, dude. One of the best memories of of all time. Dude, you you and your yellow socks and yellow shoes, Stu. Look at that. Like that? Look at that. That's I that's like Iron Lung, like one of the beginnings. There's Is that Doug, Doug Brower? Doug Brower, Andy Welch, Jameson oh, yeah. Rice, some of Jameson's pharmacy buddies. Yep. This is us East Canyon. Remember this? Oh, this was good. This East great. Canyon race. That was such a good day. Dude, I've got so many. Look at these guys. Look, look at I, Andy, I, I literally have just that. Look at that. Huntsman 140 we did together. Yep. We we spent the night in Delta. You remember that? We drove oh. to Delta, rode from Delta to Salt Lake. Do you remember the winds that day? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like 50 mile an hour side winds. I remember just getting to Utah Lake, and we were about ready to call it quits, thinking we still had another 30 or 40 miles to go. That was, uh, that was a long day. I guess the reason I show these pictures, a uh, lot of memories, Andy. We've done a lot of lotages. We've done a lot of just... Dude, look at you on your birthday, January 5th. So oh, good. So good. Look at that bike, dude. That thing I know. Is... <laughs> Legendary, bro. Legendary. Anyway, uh, really fun to, to go through all these old memories and see. Uh, we've done Cocapelli race together, Andy. Um, Rockwell Relay. So anyway, hey, let's uh, okay. let's talk for a sec about, uh, let's dive in, um, maybe expand a little bit about your family, where you grew up. And uh, tell everybody about what that was like, just your your childhood. Yeah, for sure. I grew up grew up in Sandy, like you said, family of ten with eight kids. And the crazy thing about our eight kids, because the quadruplets were all in the middle, from the oldest to the youngest, was really within about nine years of each other. So um, it was uh, it was a pretty packed house, and a lot of kids um, all within relatively the same age. So. That just made for a ton of fun. My dad was a general contractor grow, uh, as I was growing up, still that you know did construction, and so that was really a lot of uh, a lot of my work was, was working side by side with dad and brothers through the construction industry, which led me a lot to where I'm at today. I ended up uh, going to Jordan High School, kind of playing three sports there with football, baseball, and basketball, and Dang. really that was that was kind of the, the life. bead diggers, the diggers, you know, so. <laughs> Um, that was a lot of fun and, uh, that was really kind of my life, even like growing up through, through little league, it was football, baseball, basketball, and that's from eight years old through 18. I never really did a whole lot of sports outside of that. Right. And so, um, it was just on repeat year after year and, uh, mom and dad provided every opportunity they could for us to do whatever we wanted. And, and did that for all of our kids. Sisters did gymnastics competitively. Brothers played sports, and my little brother ended up becoming a professional snowboard uh, snowboarder, and Dang. does that still to this day. So, mom and dad did a phenomenal job providing eight kids with all of uh, all of their needs and any opportunities to to progress and uh, try out any aspiration in life. So, it's uh, it's been a great great deal to where we still get together now with. Uh, with the family every couple of weeks and the posterity. Now all of them are married and I think there's 31 grandkids associated with that. So most given time at mom and dad's house, there's 45 people running around and having a good time. Dude, that, I mean, I have two kids, Jake, you have four Andy, you have three, right? 
like looking back, are you in awe of what your parents were able to provide and accomplish for you? Or, I mean, what, what, what did you take from that? Having that, I mean, it's rare in my opinion to have a family that big. Yeah, my dad, my dad did well financially as well. And, uh, but it took all of that to provide, um, to provide for eight kids. I don't know how, frankly, how he did it. I think in today's society, it's a little bit different. Not, I'm not trying to take any away from anything away from mom and dad, right? But yeah. eight kids was, uh, we'd come home from school and mom and dad would say, hey, change your clothes and go out and play and come back for dinner, right? Like, yeah. and we would be out in the backyard in the in the field making tree huts and all sorts of other stuff. And it was a lot more of free range parenting than it is in today's society. Right? <laughs> That's so, a great word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, it was, man, the, the coolest thing about my family to this day is um, their motto too is, hey, whatever you need, we'll take care of it. We'll do it. And, uh, you know, I have a sister who crashed on a bike a few months ago and uh, right. became became paralyzed. And, and uh, to have this the family support system and she's got an outstanding uh, friend support system as well. That's really made, helped her work through some of those challenges. So, I mean, it's uh, the good thing is, is the history of what my parents have built has only created a foundation for our family moving forward throughout, throughout mm-hmm. the rest of this life, knowing that we've got a support system that no matter what happens, there's, we'll be there for each other. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Very good. Great. Jake, any follow-up there? Any questions? No, I think, uh, I mean, I just love his family. I mean, uh, you know, got a sweet, sweet Logan. I mean, he's kind of fun to see him kind of blossom over the years, you know, kind of getting into running and lately and, and doing that. And then your two little, your, your younger girls or your older girl and your younger girl. I mean, just sweethearts, right? And uh, and then also your wife, dude, there's no one better. So, uh, you know, great, great family. And and uh, yeah, I've, I, I was funny, we were in Lake Powell this last, uh, this, this past summer. And I met your sister. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but, um, we kind of just coordinated and we were talking about you. And, uh, so uh, it was fun to kind of, you know, meet, meet the extended family, but, uh, yeah, no, no greater family than the Welches and, and, uh, you just got some great kids, man. Absolutely love them. So. Oh, thanks. They, uh, it takes a, takes a village to raise these kids. Right. And you guys, <laughs> you guys are definitely a part of that. So appreciate For your sure. examples. Um, Andy, let's talk about, uh, being an incredible athlete that you are absolutely incredible. And then how you got into endurance sports, because I think a lot of guys have that moment where they're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. Cause I can't power clean and like do military press anymore. Uh, <laughs> like how did you transition into more of a, uh, running cycling yeah. background? Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Great question. The, uh, yeah. Up in, 2010 St. George Ironman came to yeah Ironman came to St. George we were happy we just happy <laughs> I know I think we all we all done all done <laughs> yeah so but this is the first time they did the full Ironman down there. and I remember being down there and uh for during that weekend not knows not intentionally being down there because of that event but just happened to be down and we uh I remember throughout the day, I was like, what is this event going on? And anyways, around midnight, I ended up deciding I'm just going to go down to the finish line and watch these people come across the finish line. And these were not your average people, right, coming across the finish line. And 
I left there with the most inspired, with, with just inspiration of like, man, if, if these guys, these, you know, older, older individuals, maybe not your most fit individuals who spent 18 hours out there trying to find, uh, grind through an Ironman, if they can do this, there's what, what is it about this? And so um, I, I was pretty inspired from that. My brother-in-law was down there with me and he had uh, recently picked up a road bike a year or so before. And so the, uh, I don't know if you remember, Daybreak had a triathlon that they would do a little sprint triathlon. Mm -hmm. So we left there Saturday thinking, all right, next weekend, we're, I'm showing up to do this Daybreak triathlon. I borrowed my brother's bike and I think it was a Wednesday afternoon. I thought, well, I'll just, we went for a little bike ride to ride the course. I got six miles into that bike ride and I was nuked. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was huffing and puffing so hard and thinking, oh man, we're going to do this. So that was my only training for this sprint iron or the sprint triathlon was uh, a six mile bike ride. So Saturday shows up for this little sprint, uh, sprint triathlon. And they've got a lake out there at daybreak, and it was in the lake. I show up in my board shorts and my goggles, and and the, the gun goes off, and I'm so amped up. I got the I got the butterflies, and I start attacking the swim. And by mile by by a hundred meters in, I'm on my back, just floating, just trying to catch <laughs> my breath. Hundred meters. <laughs> oh my gosh! So. This was my introduction into triathlons. I, I ended up getting through it and uh, got on the bike and finished the bike. And really, I think I kind of ran a little bit before doing, you know, trying to do some stuff. But I think I ended up taking third place even after mm -hmm. floating on my back. <laughs> and uh, and so that was that was the spark. And so um, that led to I just decided, hey, forget uh, Olympic sized triathlons. We went straight from the daybreak to the yeah, you did. Half. Oh St. George gosh. half Ironman, <laughs> and that's where it went to. And so ever since then, that's what uh, that's how I got into it. It was just a little inspiration from the St. George Ironman and and trying it out from uh, from the Daybreak Triathlon. Nice. So you're, so you're saying anyone who needs to get into the triathlon scene, they just got to go float on their back down a river, right? Is that what you need <laughs> to? <laughs> that's all it is, right there. <laughs> Jake, you've done it. You've done yeah. a uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we uh, I actually did it with Welch. Uh, me and Adam Merritt and uh, Andy did it uh, back in 2018, right? Andy, I think it I was. Think so. But uh, God, we spent started January one. I think we, you know, earlier that fall, we talked each other into doing it, and uh, it was kind of my eye opening to in the cycling triathlon world too. But um, yeah, I trained with Andy, swam with him. I remember swimming at the Lions Club every morning yep. and running and biking. Oh and gosh. man, it is brutal. It is tough. It's a tough race. So uh, Devin, ha haven't done it again since. Just so there you go. Jake, it was do, tough. do you remember you remember when we were training? The coldest ride we've ever done was when we thought, I think it was the conference weekend. We thought we would go right up big uh big cotton. Big cottonwood. Yes. <laughs> we got to never the been more cold cottonwood. in my life. Never, never been, been so cold. cold. We descended down and got to BLD, and I think we stopped and tried to like put our hands in our shirt. I mean, it was it, it was the coldest ride we've ever done. It 100%. was brutal. Absolutely brutal. So, uh, the things we did was great. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. I got my, okay. I lost my, I lost my outline here for a sec. Um, Andy, very good. Uh, let's talk for just a sec. Um, cycling, although you already heard at the beginning of the introduction, Andy's going to go run <laughs> Wasatch 100. I mean, the dude is an athlete in every way, but um, 
maybe why cycling, why the team, uh, why did this kind of stick? Yeah, good question. I, um, the reason I do a lot of things in life is just because I want to grow down with good people. <laughs> um, it was interesting during the time I had actually worked with Intermountain Healthcare. And so I actually got with Intermountain Healthcare cycling team for a year or two. We never really did any organized rides. And I went down to one of their events they did um, in St. George and great, great group. Um, and after, after the, hundred mile ride we did down there in St. George. Um, other, they, they all got together and went off to the bar and other things and it just wasn't my jam. And so um, I'll, I'll, we'll talk later, maybe how I got into me Dooley, but I met, I met Chip and he got me into me Dooley. And ever since then, I was like, these are similar like-minded guys, similar drive and aspirations um, and we get to do this together and have fun. What, what better, what better group can you get? Um, and me Dooley as a team just became an anchor to me for physical health, mental health, um, coaches and mentors. Um, and still to this day, it's exactly an anchor to me as to what drives me in life. And so, um, so back to the point. Me Dooley is my team because they inspire me. They're my mentors, um, like-minded dudes that we're all striving to be um, the best guys we can and all while trying to ba balance the, the different things we juggle in life. So nice dude. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, uh, one thing special about Andy, just uh, I'm podcast about Andy. I want you to get to know him better. Andy's literally uh, 50, what 50 yards from my dad. You guys are like, yep essentially neighbors and uh, my dad has this saying that you can you can fake saying that you'll be there you can fake you can pretend all you want um but he's a real um stickler when it comes not stickler i don't know if that's the right word for it but you can't fake showing up uh he says that all the time you can't fake showing up um and getting an insight into andy from my dad as a neighbor uh, is really fun. This is one of the most genuine, uh, service-oriented, loving men you'll ever meet. Uh, just so much respect for Andy and who he is, the life you built, Andy. And I mean, like, and taking care of my 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 old dad. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's fun that you're always there to help him when I can't. You and Jake uh, being in his ward neighborhood, um, you guys take care of him so good. So, uh, uh, you're just your dad's the dad's the man. He he mentioned to me one time. You guys are friends with with garth brooks right and he said garth once said that there's two types of people there's those that you invite for barbecues and then there's everybody else <laughs> and so he oftentimes classic gregor classic gregor right so we i consider consider me duly as our, our barbecue friends there's they're that That's type fun. of people so it's only funny too because when you don't get invited to gregor's barbecue then you know where you are in that camp <laughs> exactly. you're not barbecue right <laughs> All right, cool. Let's talk about uh, currently riding, uh, favorite ride. Let's yeah. do those two. Yeah. Yeah, currently riding the Ventum NS1. Uh, love that bike. It's 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 a great bike. And, uh, um, again, coming from a 10-year-old specialized Venge, um, love that bike, too. That thing was a bullet. Um, but, yeah, so for the last couple of years, I've been on the Ventum NS1. Um Hope to in the near future, uh, maybe I do. I'm a, I 
I love everybody's riding the SL sevens or eights and maybe one day we, we jump into that and hope for that here soon. So, um, but, but love, love both those bikes. Um, favorite local ride, I think it, Jake, this will bring back a memory that, that we have, but, uh, Mill Creek's Mill Creek's got a soft place in my heart. Um, <laughs> I love, I love Mill Creek. I love the small road feel. I love the tunnel of trees after you get past the gate. Uh, I love the many multiple faults flats that you think, Oh, I'm so close. And then just there at the end, it just pitches back and back. And, um, and it's just, I just love that ride. It's, it's gorgeous and, and everything. And then, I honestly think it's one of my favorite descents down any, mm-hmm. any so brings me to a memory that Jake and I had descending down that one time. And I think we were chasing each other. And I think we do, we, we did not hold anything back on that. Descent. Mm-hmm. you remember this Jake? Oh, I, we, we didn't hold anything back, Andy. Zero. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually looking back, I regret like going how hard we went. hundred percent. <laughs> it was, it was one of those moments that like, did we really just do this? We, we got done with that thing and we turned there. We apexed every corner. We pedaled every single stroke. We got done with that. Just to put the stats together, you were fifth. I was sixth on the fastest descending of the entire thing. There was yeah. 57 people that had recorded, 5,700 people recorded on Strava at the time that had descended that. And, and Jake the, was sitting fifth. And the dudes in front of you are guys that forgot <laughs> to turn their Strava off from mountain biking. They were in their cars. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. That was, uh, that no, was one of those moments we look back and be like, ah, that was fun, but let's not do that again. Right. But, I, Dude, I, I, I remember you coming around that blind bend. Remember that, that right-hand turn and oh. like just, just, just towing the, uh, the yellow line on the, on the opposite line of the traffic, man. It, I mean, it was, we just came so close to some of those turns. It's, it was a day yeah, to rem- like to remember for sure. Right. We left no room for air on that for sure. Hmm. A lot of fun. That's fun. Uh, favorite place to travel. Yeah, let's do that because you uh, just talked a lot about you guys traveling. I mean, you've been in some awesome places the last couple of years. Yeah, we've, you know, I don't know why, but I've felt this obligation to my kids to to show them just the world a little bit, uh, which kind of inspired us to go buy a Sprinter van and build that for a camper van and some other things. But I think, too, my personality is, is um I'm kind of a one and done guy in a lot of ways and, and maybe not necessarily one and done, but I just like to see new things. And so, um, yeah, so my favorite place to travel, we we've done Hawaii and we've done a lot of other things and that's been great. But once I've kind of done something, I'm, I'm more of an adventure. Let's go put together an adventure. In fact, just this last weekend, we went and uh, paddleboarded the Grand Canyon and chartered a boat for 10, 12 miles up the Grand Canyon. Nice. And uh, paddleboarded down with the kids and had some fun that way. So, um, rather than maybe my favorite place to travel, I think that my, my type of traveling I like to do currently with my kids is just a lot of new adventures. So, over the last uh, over the last couple of years, we we just went up to Canada and did a little ten day trip up to Canada, up to Banff and Jasper and Glacier National cool. Park. We've we've done the Oregon coasts and the California coast and and. Uh, Yellowstone and Jackson and stuff. So I think right now in my life, uh, that's where I'm at with my kiddos is just to provide them opportunities to see new things. You mentioned about in Jess's introduction, 
she talked about paddleboarding with grizzly bears and other things. And <laughs> we, that's, that's no joke. We were, we were up in, in Canada just a month ago. And as we were there, we, we were out paddleboarding and we were trying to get across the lake to go jump off a, a little cliff that uh, we were, we had done earlier and the, the winds had kind of kicked up. And so we said, Hey, let's, let's kind of call it and turn back around. Well, as we turned back around right behind us was a, was a grizzly bear out in the middle of this lake Dang. and it was it was a big old bear so we paddleboarded around it took a few pictures and videos of it and uh and realized we probably better keep on moving on so we, <laughs> we called it a day but that trip was a lot of fun we saw grizzly bears black bears and, and all sorts of other stuff so um yeah so we got we got some other things on the calendar with yosemite and other places that we haven't nice. quite seen so we'll let uh, we'll that's kind of where we'll kind of our, that's kind of our traveling style. The last, it's been a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. That sprinter van's rad, dude. And you built that sucker. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I grew up doing construction, like I said, and, uh, I, it became a, I, I really wanted to try it out because I wanted to just test maybe not my limits, but just kind of try it. Just, I've seen it was kind of the fad going on. I said, oh, this will be a fun project. Let's, let's build out this, this sprinter van. Spent a bunch of time studying it out and how to design it. Hmm. So, uh, anyways, I got, I got into it and man, it became something a lot more than I thought I was getting into <laughs> it. it. It went from a passion to a project there towards the end and we got it across the finish line and it's been, it's been a great, a great thing for our family for sure. That's cool. Um, I love this question. Well, at least I want, I'm excited to hear your answer. Uh, you know, traveling back in time and you're going to talk to young Andy or, um, maybe 16 year old Andy, if you've got 10 minutes with him, what are you going to tell him? Yeah, I've thought a lot about this one. Um, and I oftentimes think about my 14 year old son and the conversations I've had with him. I remember when I was 16 years old, bottom of the ninth inning, high school baseball, and bases, a couple guys on, on the base. And I was so stinking scared. And I struck out. I ended up we're, I ended up losing the game. If I would have just got a hit, it would have been a different outcome. And that, that oftentimes, that experience to me, I reflect on that. Because I think if I would have walked up to the, to, the, to, the, to the plate with confidence, it would have been a different outcome. But I just didn't have that confidence in 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 life at that age and the older i've gotten i think i've gotten a little more confidence because i think of experiences that we've often gone through and i keep i keep thinking about my kids if there's one thing i could instill into them is to just have confidence you can do anything in the world you can do anything you want to do just walk up to the plate and knock it out of the park have the confidence Mm -hmm. to do it um and try new things. And, and by doing so, I think that you'll, you'll realize, I think all too often we get, we get concerned at 16 years old about what other people think about us. And we're concerned about our image. We're concerned about our brain. And if I could just say, forget about all that, have humble confidence is what I would call it. Be humble about it, but be confident. Um, that's, that's the advice that I would give. How to, how to do that would be, is that's a great. different conversation. But Humble confidence. I love it. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, before we move on to your racing, riding, training kind of thing, I think you've got some 
just maybe explore this a little bit more about your the biggest influence in your life. I think it'd be cool to hear a little bit more about your dad. Yeah, I I know everybody might often say, "Oh, my dad's my 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 greatest influence," and it might be cliche, but my dad, my dad, for two reasons, I, I noted my dad. My dad lives a pretty simple. He has a simple personality and a simple life. And at first, I was growing up. I'm always like, "Oh, dad, we we had boats and we had all that other stuff." But he's always had a pretty quote unquote eternal perspective about life. Things never really got to him. Things never bothered him. And so I've always I've always been. Um, the older I get, the more I recognize that how inspiring that is of just he's always had his direction uh, in life and never deviated from that materials and hiccups and he's had injuries and broken and shattered his feet and been in wheelchairs and all that and none of that deviated from his eternal perspective of life of just being a good person and serving others irregardless of whatever the scenario is so i've always admired my dad for for that and then the second thing is, is, and I'm getting, I'm understanding this portion of it. The older I get, as I get, as I have kids, he, he let us just kind of live life and he would counsel us and direct us and make sure that we weren't, you know, making dumb decisions. But, um, he just, he just led by example and then let us follow in his footsteps. And I've always kind of thought, well, I wish my dad would have provided more counsel here and, and, advice there and maybe there's some times that that may may or may not have been true but now that i've got a 14 year old sometimes mm -hmm. i feel like i just gotta get out of the way and let him and not get in his way and i think that that's what my dad was doing the more i look back at his at, at, at my childhood so um i admire my dad for for a lot of reasons but those are two things is um you always knew that he was there he led by example and he led his example was a pretty, uh, pretty uh, eternal perspective that was what guided him. So it was really cool. Nice, dude. Awesome. Jake, any question? Any follow-up there? Um, you know, I uh, I've never met your dad, but it sounds like he's a pretty amazing man. I, I um, uh, you know, I love the I love you. You shared in here. You said learn by doing, right? And I think uh, you're the epitome of that, Andy. I think you're. You uh, do everything that way, right? You learn by your doing, and and I think you've taught me that just to, just from moving in the neighborhood, uh, learning new things, and 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 uh, you know being a good person in life, right? And even in the gospel too, right? That that eternal perspective of things, dude, is is a lot. Like, I mean, it's a uh, it's a big deal, and especially when you got kids and dealing with the battles of life, right? I think uh, all those things, you know, encompass who you've been, and and I've been a mentor of mine, but. Uh, I kind of lo I love that. I'm, I'm something I'm going to take away from this today is learn by doing. I'm going to teach my kids that and and uh, kind of impress that on them. So thank you. Yeah, I'll give you. A, uh, I put that in there and and uh, just a quick example of that I I remember I went out and bought a Honda Accord for two hundred bucks. Went down <laughs> to the uh, went down to the auto paint shop and bought four hundred dollars worth of paint. What? <laughs> I showed up in our backyard on the concrete and I t and I sprayed automotive paint onto this new car and no my, my dad's just sitting in the background just watching me <laughs> put a new no put a new put a new paint job on a 200 dollar honda with paint that was twice the value of what <laughs> the car was worth and he didn't say anything to you 
didn't say anything to me, dude. He was just letting me learn by doing. Then the oh. funny thing was, is the paint job turned out sweet. I, I was pretty stoked about the way this thing turned out. It was this gold, like a silver flake, silver wow. car. Wow. So then about three hours later, I thought, dude, what better way to really make this thing shine than to put a, you know, some wax and buff this thing out. Right? No. Dude, the paint hasn't <laughs> even cured. Bro, as a 16-year-old kid, I pull out the buffer and I start buffing this paint job. And all it's doing is just swirling this new paint that hasn't no. even set yet. <laughs> and my dad is just sitting in the background just laughing. Just so, giving you a thumbs up. You're doing great, yeah, kid. Doing great, bud. Just keep up yeah, the good work, so you know. Good. So, dude, that's a that's just a quick example of one of many where my dad's just letting me learn by doing so that's so good man that is so good we, we strapped we strapped his old parachute onto our back on a windy day in the backyard and got drugged through the backyard i mean it, it, just example after example of just having a good time just learn by doing Fun. That's awesome. we've already hit a couple of these andy but uh, you have a few more most memorable experiences or stories uh i gotta hear about this tryout what is this me dwelling tryout? <laughs> oh, man. I remember one Sunday. So this was right after that triathlon that I mentioned earlier. And, you know, Chip, I thought I was kind of a big deal. I'd ride, I'd ride a few days a week and, and kind of get into, into cycling and move into the neighborhood. And I meet with Chip and Chip's like, yeah, I like to do some cycling. So I'm talking to him one Sunday and we had a ward camp out so we that ward camp out was up at thousand acre ranch up there and so we thought this. hey well let's i, I remember this, this. I remember let's this. go ahead <laughs> <laughs> let's go ride home from uh -huh. the, from this camp out Dude. so i had no clue what i was getting into so oakley to home right right and and chip and i just start going down you know get a uh, down weber canyon we get up uh, Brown's Canyon. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like this is this is the real deal. We get into Park City, and all of a sudden we get to Marzac, and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, and Chip, you know Chip, smile, shirt unzipped, six pack just flaring out like classic <laughs> Chip, and he just kept saying, bro, just one pedal at a time, bud. Just oh, keep okay. on going. <laughs> Just keep Bro, going. Just keep I've going. never ridden. I don't think I've ridden any at this point in time or anything else. And Chip thought that I could just go handle Marzak, Guardsman. <laughs> I paper boyed from the very to bottom to the very top of that entire climb with Marzak and Guardsman. So we got good. to Big Mountain. Anyways, made it, uh, or, or we got to the top of Big Cottonwood and descended down. And Bro, that was one of the most stressful miserable days of my life but that was the tryout and it was the next day that chip's like sweet let's go ride together and no that was, that was my tryout <laughs> to I, I officially made the team after uh, making it up that ride that so, is so good dude that was uh one the great story of another not great fun. story you know andy and i did rockwell relay we talked about that once before dude so fun it, i think it was the first i mean it was one of the first times we've ever we ever did it we were just like in that were we in the sprinter van or were we in chips land cruiser i don't remember what we were we, in we were in a sprinter we were in a sprinter yeah and do you remember Bar barker came bombing down boulder mountain mm -hmm. we were with the race group we came into that race with the intention to really put in an effort yeah and see what we could do we got into midnight and uh 
and we were with the race group. There was five or six of us that were there. That's Parker right. came down the, the boulder and with a flat tire with like a quarter mile. And so we kind of, the, the race group came in and they had left and I'm sitting there waiting and I go to pull my bike off the rack and it had two front, two tires flat. If you remember this. So my bike was out of commission. Barker came in with having fixed his bike and the race group was probably maybe a quarter mile ahead of us. I remember and this. So, and we drove. Yeah. So I was, I did not want to lose this for us. So I just took Barker's bike, jumped on and kept going. Right. And my, in my, in my, the first of my ride was, it was a hog's back. Uh-huh. And so we, we, it was like a 10 minute ride out. And then we start descending hogs back and I am laying, I'm burning every match I could I remember to this. catch this race group. And within about five minutes, Barker's light goes out because he had just spent three hours riding. That's so I'm, right. riding, in, in I'm riding in the dark. I'm descending 50 miles an hour down hogs back, doing everything I can. At like 1 a.m. One in the morning. And I just, I, I burnt every single match. You and got you guys ended up falling asleep, and Joni and Kristen pulled up next to me, and I literally almost had tears in my eyes, I and I just let the whole team down. Like, guys, I'm so sorry, I can't catch these guys, and <laughs> we ended up we ended up rolling in throughout the rest of the day and stuff. But I felt you like remember, I let the team down. Remember too, you were like, you didn't put on any gloves, we you didn't put on any jet, and and when we finally caught up to you, you were like ice, you're like frozen. Yeah. Oh, and Kristen and Joni just hand me out some gear and I regroup so and just, dude, that was, that was an awesome race. And uh, one I'll always remember for sure. So funny. Dude, one of my most memorable, um, you, I, you guys haven't, we haven't even talked about it, but one of my most memorable aspects, I'll share the picture. Um, in 2020, Jake supported Ooh. me and we've talked about that. Well, when it comes time to like find someone to support your wife at Lodija, it's like, well, who are we going to ask? Like, I'm not, dude, Andy was who he asked. Andy stepped up and literally took care of Kristen the entire day while I was, I mean, I was racing. Andy, you were like her, you were like her support, her, uh, took care of her. It was so cool. Um, my God, you guys have never felt like that's a, like for me to, for us to trust, <laughs> I know that sounds so silly, but. Dude, the person supporting you at Lodija carries quite a bit of a burden of trust when it comes to like taking care of you throughout the day, especially for like a podium. You know, Kristen was like going to win. So yeah. uh, pretty cool that you would do that, Andy. It's a great memory for me that uh, you'd take care of Kristen all day. So anyway, good picture yeah. there. That's an awesome great picture. Day. You guys know when there's sometimes there's moments that just anchor that friendship. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's one of those moments for for Kristen and I where um, I now know I can show up on the bike and and and, and Kristen and I just have this bond because of that experience and so, yeah, so uh, that cool. solidified our friendship in a way that uh, made it amazing so I appreciate that. that no appreciate you taking care of my wife Andy well done uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very cool let's see. Uh, You've got some great, uh, interesting stuff here for coaches and mentors. Guys, I don't know. I don't know Dr. Scott Craven. You want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah, Dr. Craven was a guy who I ended up meeting, um, not by coincidence, a previous life, 
uh, with Intermountain Healthcare caused me to be on a flight um, where I sat next to Dr. Craven. And, and I, six months later, I was working for him. He's a dentist and owns a handful of dental clinics. And um, he hired me on to go help him manage and facilitate that from an operation standpoint. But it's very similar to my dad. He's one of those guys who just has, even though he's got life at his fingertips, he's always got just again, a, a, an eternal perspective. He just does things for the right reason. He's the same guy today, no matter what hat he wears, whether he's your friend, your boss, your, uh, you know, your, your church leader or whatever, he's, he's the same guy. And I think that there's very few people in life that I know who, no matter what hat they're wearing, you know what you're getting with that. Right. And they and their, their values and stuff never change. So I've always considered him as a, as a coach to me and uh, still oftentimes chat with him as I go throughout uh, business and everything else. So good cool. dude. Nice. Uh, you say you're one of your heroes is your little brother. Maybe talk about that relationship for a minute. Yeah. My little bro is uh, uh, he's always been the baby of the family. He's, five years younger than me. He's um, had some ups and downs in life, but, uh, and, and growing up when I was 19, 20, 21 at 15, 16 years old, he, he was in all of your snowboarder magazines. He had all the sponsors. Mm -hmm. He was wearing the nicest watches, the latest DC shoes, Smith glasses, all this stuff. And, and I always looked up to him because no matter all of the accolades that he got and the influence he made around the world, none of that really mattered to him. He, uh, he's been one of those guys who, no matter what the situation is, he's got the most charitable personality and most Christ-like love and he's selfless to beyond belief. And so, and, and you even noticed that in fact, a lot of his magazine articles was always like the reason Jake, made it and as big as he did was was because of those attributes uh, he would oftentimes give up the end shot or the jump or other things for other people to have uh, and sacrifice maybe his 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 interests and personal desires throughout his snowboard career and so that's never changed with him and and uh, he's you know he's gone through some things and as throughout that entire ups and downs of fame and uh, in life, he's always been probably one of the most charitable guys I know. So cool. always look up to him for for who he is and how he's been able to just uh, keep keep that attribute about. Him. Nice, That's great. Jake. Any follow up there? Any questions? Uh, no follow ups on that. I mean, how do you, how do you uh? I mean, how's how's your relationship with with Jake and like Logan and in in your uh, your kiddos? Yeah, we. <clears throat> Uh, you know that I mentioned this earlier. It takes a village to raise these little kiddos, and the challenge is just to kind of get out of the way. And so, particularly, Jake actually came to live with us for a year ago for a few months, and uh, yep. and I did that intentionally to kind of have him come in and be an example to my kids. Um, and they look up to look up to Jake as their hero as well. And so mm -hmm. uncle, uncle Jake is, 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 is their hero in many aspects of it. And so they uh, due to those same reasons that I mentioned. So uh, when we get together every week at moms or so it's, it's first person they go to is uncle Jake to give a hug to, and 
they oftentimes will FaceTime him, ask him for advice or how to do this and how to do that. And, um, I, I love and appreciate that because they, he's become that hero to them as well. Cool. I love that. That's great. Hey, uh, just like, uh, let's just, uh, a couple more questions and we'll wrap up. Um, I love this part where you talked about what's a perfect day look like for you. Uh, the question was asked up above, I think it says, you know, what is your, what would you do on your birthday? What is, you know, buck? Uh, and it's fun to see what you would put for a perfect day on the bike. But what would you, that's the Sean Montmany question is it's your birthday. Cost is no option. What are you going to do that day? Uh, and it's, it's good. Andy wrote, honestly, I'm going to hang with my wife, go on a mountain bike ride, dinner and a movie. I think that's a lot of guys responses. Like, I don't know if there's very many other things uh, when it comes to that, but I am intrigued by what does a perfect day on the bike look like for you? That's a cool thing to hear. Let's, what do you think? Yeah, I, there's two things. It's everything that we've mentioned. It's being with your buddies. It's having meaningful conversations. It's suffering beyond belief. It's because all of that just solidifies our friendships and our, and, and the value of what we do together. It could be, if you remember, if you remember, Stu, a couple of things, there's actually one ride that we've done a couple of times. One time, my, one of my first rides was we did the, the Alpine loop. Right. And so we start from here, we go a big cotton and ran and we find ourselves on the backside. Mm. One of the first times we did that, we did, uh, I got dropped on the backside of the, of, 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 uh, the loop and Paul Watson, if everybody knows, he just, that dude, that dude's the hammer that dude can hammer. And he just slowly meanders back, sits by my side and drags me up to the, uh, to the top <laughs> of, of the Alpine loop. Um, because of that, you know, Paul Watson and I are, you know, we were neighbors and stuff. Uh, I remember another time on that same exact ride, we were prepping for Lota Joe. It, it was the second week of August and me, you and Barker make that turn mm. and you and Barker went so ham from the moment we came out of Provo Canyon to, um, uh, to, to the, well, the shed there or what's the Aspen Grove. Mm-hmm. And we, I remember going deeper than I've ever gone before just to <laughs> hang. But to me, that's the perfect day on a bike that it's, it's that it's, it's, it's those moments when I get done and say, I'll never forget today because yeah. that bond between who I rode with that day just became deeper because we suffered. We had meaningful conversations. So to me, that's what, a, that's what a perfect day on a bike looks like. Cool. I Love think that's I think that same day, Andy, that we went up Alpine Loop was the same day that then Barker and I crashed at the bottom. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh man. So it was almost that's perfect. <laughs> Minus the trip to the hospital. Very good. <laughs> right. Right. Very cool. Uh, you know, for the last five or six episodes, we have asked uh the guests to do a little tribute to uh Creighton Ryder. If you went to Creighton Ryder's funeral, he had this really cool list of Creighton's rules. And uh, we've asked our last few guests to share maybe some of Andy's rules, five or six things that that he lives by or he would want to share as takeaways for everybody listening. You want to share some of those, Andy? Yeah, there's uh, one that I'll say this. Over the last three or four years, my cycling um, and my fitness in cycling has maybe not been up to par where I'd like it to be, right? And, and the reason is because of 
all the different hats that we wear or all the different balls that we juggle and how yeah. to balance that. Uh, and so one of the, one of the, as I've reflected on that over the last few years, what I've, one of the things that I've learned is that there's no such thing as straight lines in life. And I, and what I mean by that is oftentimes we think point A to point B, I know how to get there. Here's my goals. And then all we got to do is go execute that. And though I think that that those, that, that forethought needs to be in that all when, when I do do that, I find that life throws curveballs, priorities become different other things throw, you know, come up in life. And I've learned that. And, and when I've thought about that, it's actually been hard for me, for me mentally to be like, I know I want to be like uncle Rico who says, Hey, put me back in, you know, back <laughs> in 82, I could throw a football over the mountain. I know that back in the day, my cycling was probably a little bit better fit and form. And I still want to do that, but life has not been a straight line for me. And as a result, I've had to just kind of juggle around that and so i've become okay with saying that there's no such thing in straight line as, as a straight line in life and and helping me understand how to manage that so um my thought is is understand that and be okay with it and so that's that's my first thought nice i love that I, one of my other thoughts that i love is um i love what me Dooley has done with the yellow jersey recognition hmm. um I think I, and every, every individual who wears the yellow Jersey on our team, um, exemplifies what that means and fully deserves it. Hmm. And so I, I commend all those that have that. And, and so I put in here that one of the things that is I've thought about the yellow Jersey within me duly, I've always thought about, I've always, I hope that I can wear the yellow Jersey of life a little bit. Hmm. And I hope what I mean by that is I hope that, I can exemplify those attributes that we would call the attributes of life, the, the service of others, the, um, you know, any, any, what inspires people to be better. I hope that people look at me and look at us as a Meduli team that we're wearing that yellow Jersey of life, just not on the bike, but also off the bike is, is what I'm saying. So I hope that I hope that people I hope the yellow jersey of life is I hope I'm wearing that um, throughout my life. So and the cool thing about me, Dooley, is every one of us, I honestly could say, whether we're wearing it as the jersey or whether we're on the bike or where I, I honestly believe that our team, every one of us wears that yellow jersey of life. We're just they're just that type of people that is attracted to me, Dooley, and makes up our team of me, Dooley. So. I can I commend everybody well on, on our team for that. Nice. Well said, man. Great thoughts. That's a, a great thought. Great perspective. Yeah, Andy. Nice. So um I'll share one or two others and okay. you can you can tell me to be done. And uh <laughs> the other thought is is all too often I think we worry about I think experiences equals life lessons and wisdom, irregardless of what those experiences are like. I think all too often we live within our bubble and, and we're afraid to get outside of our comfort zone because we're afraid of the end result. We're afraid of, you know, pushing ourselves beyond our comfort zone. And this is one that I try to teach my kids is just to say, it does throw yourself at anything and everything and try to put yourself in experiences because I think experiences provide wisdom 
that me lecturing you or me providing advice to you just doesn't doesn't get and i and i've experienced that in my life the more that i go through business the more i go through school the more i go through church or whatever it is all of those things my the greatest the greatest uh, things that stick with me are the things that really i derive from the experiences of life um, and those experiences lead me to my last one where sometimes those experiences are not the end result that you want but know this that quote unquote everything's going to be okay mm. regardless of even if yeah i i'm a firm believer that if you work hard do the right thing put yourself out there i truly believe that everything's going to be okay i go back to many of us in life may have lost jobs we may have be in difficult situations i got a sister who recently crashed as i mentioned earlier and um and, and became paralyzed we've all got we've all got close people either close people next to us that have gone through difficult things or we personally have gone through difficult things and maybe those aren't the end results of those difficult things aren't necessarily what we thought our life would be but i think when we get through it the bottom line is is everything's going to be okay i'm a big believer in that so nice. those are those are awesome. probably the last few things that i'd wrap up with. um are part of the things that drive me make up some of my rules of life. I love that. Um, I'm going to share one more. I'm going to share one more picture as I wrap up. I don't know if Jake wants to wrap up. This is 2017 loaded Joe. Okay. I was in the lead group. You've heard this story before. And I got a flat Sean Yeager gave me his tire. And in the meantime, Andy, I don't know if you caught me or if you waited for me, but Andy saw me with a flat. And so we rode the final, maybe what, four or five miles together. I hope I'm telling the story right. So we're coming up to the finish line and I hadn't even thought about it. And you can see from the picture, I hope if you're not watching the video, I'll describe it to you, but we're literally what, five yards from the finish line. And he puts his hand on my back and here's the picture. In the final second, as we pass, as we go across the finish line, Andy pushed me in front of him to I think we took sixth and seventh on the day at Lodija, which is so, which I didn't know where we were position wise. Uh, but A, it caught me off guard. B, what an incredible like story. And then look at, look at us laughing, like Andy smiling. I'm like, you idiot, like pushing across <laughs> in front of you. Uh, I didn't even, I, it hadn't even crossed my mind, like what we were going to do. Like maybe we'd cross at the same time, but, uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, this was such a big deal for our team at the time I was kind of immature about it, but it was so, I look back and I'm like, I hope that if I'm ever facing that situation, that that would be my response. Like it was really fun, really cool. As you just kind of, <laughs> it wasn't even a big push. You just kind of like, it was enough that I was like, I barely crossed in front of you. Uh, anyway, really cool. Andy. I think that just tells a lot about who you are and uh, what a good guy you are. So anyway, I thanks you. Dude. Love you guys. That uh, that day was was a special day, and I ended up cramping at mile one eighty five. Came up on you right behind that. We we were in the race group, and uh, anyways, ended up sixth and seventh. But yeah, um, yeah, I uh, all of these things we've talked about just goes back to this that um, you guys are you guys are mentors to me in my life, and uh, appreciate for who you guys are, what this team represents. And uh, love this team and love you guys for sure. So hope you guys Thanks. know that.
Jake, any final words? No, it's just, it's, it's what a great podcast episode this was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have one like last follow up question and this is what I like to usually ask people. And, and Andy, you're one of the kind of the OGs essentially of the team and yeah. been, been doing this for a long, long time. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of younger kids or younger generation kind of join the team. And so kind of get your thoughts of like, what would you tell these young, you know, new members of the team? You know, how, how, how do they, how do they dive in? How should, how should they approach the team? What should they do to, to get out what, what, you, what you put in? I mean, what, what's some advice that you would leave them to this newer generation that's uh, starting to become a part of the team? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jake. And I think there's, that's a loaded question too, but I'll give one or two things. And the first one would be exactly what you said. You get out of it what you put into it. Right. Um, and so, um, whatever, whatever you want, then, uh, whatever you want out of it, there's a group of us that are all here, uh, of all different abilities, experiences. And if you want to be a racer, guess what? There's some dudes on this team that can race. Absolutely. Got a couple of them on this podcast. Um, if you want adventures and dirt or whatever it is, um, I would just say, find out what you want and be comfortable with it. And then just go find those guys that, you know, just be, just, just go, go become it. Just do what you want to do. So there's, and then the second part is, is um, we're all supportive. We're all, we're all um, just, I apologize. I'm trying to just kind of cut me off guard. We are all dads just trying to do the best. we can. Absolutely. So don't, don't overthink it. Right. And what I mean by that is, and I mentioned this on the last thing is, is Stu, you taught me this. We would get so amped up about rides. We would get there for races and we would be like, we wouldn't sleep the night before. And you just kept saying, Hey Andy, we're just going for a ride, bro. Just a ride, man. It's just a yep. Saturday ride. <laughs> just a Saturday ride, right? The Iron Lung, 140 miles. We're just going for a ride. Yes. Don't we're just going for a ride. A little nine-hour ride. <laughs> and and my thoughts of that is, is that is applicable to our cycling. That's applicable to our life. Dude, don't overthink things. Let's just go for a ride, whatever that is, you know. So that would be um, the, the, a few things that I would share with the others is don't overthink it all. Just go have some fun. Just go for a ride and get out of it what you want to get out of it. Nice, dude. It's I love that. It's perfect. Thanks, gentlemen. Great episode. Thankful for both of you. You guys are awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Okay. Love you, Andy. Love you, Stu. Love you too. It's great. You See guys. you guys. Cheers.